Bigger than us. The book is um, largely centered on this idea of meaning, right? That's the that's the kind of overarching purpose for writing the book. It's trying to find meaning in, in, in a messy world. And at the end of the book, in part four, you start to conclude that, you know, the real um, meaning in life is connection in its various forms. So I guess my question for you is, what is it that um, for you now is bringing meaning in your life? What does meaning mean to you in your life now? And uh, yeah, where, where do you find it? I find it in really simple places like going for a walk and I that sounds a bit too sort of casual and flippant but I do I go I try and go for a walk every day and I went for a walk this morning super early it was sun was still rising it was pissing with rain it was bloody <laughs> horrible but when I'm out I might be listening to music I might go without my phone and just walk this could sound very cheesy but I'm often brought to tears because I I extract myself from the, oh my God, my kids are late for school or I haven't done this email or how am I doing with this or what's failing with that? Or I just let it all go. And I'm lucky to live near a very green space so I can walk around and look at trees and see there's green parrots in the park and whatever else is going on in nature and be humbled by it because it's humbling when you really notice it. Or at night, look at the sky. If you're lucky to live in an area where there, are, there isn't too much light pollution and see one star that might not even be there anymore because we can't talk about physics, it's yeah. going to blow my head off. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the greatness of what is going on around us rather than at your phone or the smallness of, oh my God, my house is a shit, how everything's messy. And Look outside of that. Like I have to do that every day so I don't get bogged down with, am I doing this right? Where do I fit into society? How successful am I? All of this greatness and how short life is, how short life is, and that in 200 years, none of us are going to be here. That's humbling. It's not bleak. That's humbling to get up every day and think there's a whole new load of generation, like people and things that will be happening and systems in place and technology or whatever it might be that I won't be around for. So I have to get up and be grateful and do all that stuff I want to do today, not next year when I'm braver in 20 years when I'm older and quirkier and more eccentric, I've got to do it now. So I have to find that meaning connection. This is bespoke, it'll be different for everyone, but for looking at the bigger everything, noticing that I'm on a floating ball in space, noticing that all of this is changing always and that there are trees thousands of years old and I'm just 40 and what do I fucking know? I have to get myself out of this small structure that we've created on a societal level and look at the hugeness of all of it. And remember, when you look at that hugeness, that we know fuck all. Because we don't even, we can't even get our heads around the fact, like what is infinity? What, how? No, I can't even go there. We don't know anything. We know nothing. And we have to keep coming back to that. As soon as we start going, yeah, I, I know everything about this and that, and you don't, I know more than you. Small, small lives, small. I want big, expansive. I don't know anything. I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. Yeah. And I won't be here in however many years. So gratitude. It's funny because it's, I mean, yeah, what you're saying is just, is beautiful and very, very true and powerful. But from that, I was, I was, I was realizing that my own self-importance is a curse. Right. So like if I log into Instagram, the little like thing will tell me how important I am today. And then I'll get sucked into that. <clears throat> or if I'm a good enough mother because I didn't pack the right thing for sports day. And this like 
the the system we've created, the kind of like matrix we live in sucks us into believing our own self-importance and that, you know, the color of my my nails really is consequential to anything. <laughs> and as you look up at the stars, you realize that you are just a <laughs> speck. The universe doesn't really give a fuck about you. <laughs> and that is liberation. It's liberation from all the pettiness that consumes yeah. our mind. But I also think as much as we are... I don't want to use the word insignificant, but as tiny as we are in the grand, grand scheme of things, mm. I also, alongside that, truly believe that we are supported by all of this greatness, not necessarily by the societal structures that we see and that we are told about constantly, but something bigger, something inexplicable, something that you might not even be able to label or want to label. But I do believe that there is support there and what does that mean for you? Because you start to write, yeah. you write about this in the book. Mm. Well, I have never aligned with a religion. So it's harder to talk about it eloquently because when there's the infrastructure of religion, you can talk about a God, a, a way of being and a system that works, which is beautiful. I've never had that growing up. I've never aligned or felt drawn to it. But I deeply feel that I can communicate with the world around me, which in turn, when you get on the sort of macro, micro, micro level is within you. It's all the same thing. We are made of the same stuff. So that might link to non-religious prayer and having a communication with that something bigger. It might also be the law of attraction, which you touched upon earlier, where you are manifesting the things that you're cognitively thinking about and focusing on. You're seeing more of what you're focusing on. So, you know, look for red cars when you stop listening to this, you'll see bloody loads. Like look and see what you're wanting in your life and more of it will appear. Lots of the things that I talk about in the book describe and support that notion that there is something bigger at play that we are part of, that we can feel supported by, which will hopefully then you know, eradicate loneliness or people feel disconnected from the world around us and then force more into sort of habitual negative cycles or whatever it might be. So there are lots of ways that I think you can tap into it and that you can explore it and have fun with it. It's exciting, like doing a little ritual in the rituals sub, um, chapter. I love doing rituals. That's such a gorgeous way of honoring a moment for you to place meaning into something, for you to seek the meaning, find it and honour it. There's meaning in everything. We just, it just passes us by because we're in a bloody rush. So hopefully in the book, I go through lots of different ways in which I, you know, I can articulate what that means to me. And some of it might resonate with you. Some of it might not. But for me, I found each subject very exciting. It was a new communication tool to communicate with everything around me. The way you approach those topics as well, you approach it in a very humble way and a very a way that feels very inclusive in the book. So like I could um, investigate the idea of like non-religious prayer um, because it didn't feel like wishy-washy. You described it in a very human way as being, you're, you're speaking, you're kind of putting your thoughts out there. You don't know who you're doing it to. But, you know, a lot of people, when they write about these topics, would probably give it a name and a, and yeah. a place, whatever. So it felt very, very relatable. And I actually probably, when I was reading that, thought, I could see how non-religious prayer would help me in my life. Yeah. What is what is non-religious prayer? And I'm what so glad that you've said this because that was my whole aim for this book was for this to be everyday stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's not woo-woo. It's not exclusive to a certain demographic who can afford to do it or mm. they're in the right time and place to do it. 
this is, we can all do, this is the basics. Mm. This is the basics of life that we're sort of ignoring. And it's the simple and it's the fun and it's the curious. And they're the things that we usually lose because we're in a bloody rush. So, so non-religious prayer, which my friend Donna Lancaster has taught me about beautifully, I was probably already doing it to an extent because I've always had some sort of communication with sometimes I'll say, dear universe or whatever. Or sometimes I just speak or I'm just in my head. Like before I go to bed now, I'm more sort of disciplined about it in the fact that I'll put my head on the pillow and I'll say, first of all, a prayer of thanks for whatever's gone that day or just the general state of how I am. I'm healthy. I'm in a warm bed. God, thank you for that. Like whoever you're talking to, thank you for my warm bed. I'm so lucky. Then I'll go for a list of people that I want to send a, a message of prayer to, you know, whether it's someone that's in need of, of help, of support, and that they find some comfort. And then I'll go to the trickier bit, which is to ask for something that I need. And I find that bit sometimes quite hard again because of everything we've talked about. Um, I deserve this. I deserve a little help in this department or some guidance. And I think as long as you think of it as a fun, curious thing to do, what's the harm in it? You're not signing up to some sort of like new religion or cult that you're joining. It's a fun thing to, to try to have and, and watch for the results. That's what I would say. Mm. Be curious in what happens next and the guidance. If you're looking for the signs that appears like weird coincidences and stuff that happens that you can't ignore. You can't ignore them. The signs are everywhere if you've, if you've got your eyes open. Some people are just so unwilling to step outside of the, um, uh, step outside of the measurable. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, well, I can't, you know, I've got KPIs for my life. So if I yeah. post on Instagram, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need likes. If I do this, I need money. I need, if I do this, I need this. What you're talking about there is, you know, going for a walk in the park. How do I measure the return on investment? If I do a prayer at nighttime, how do I measure that this is working? What do you say to people that think in that school of thought, which is a lot of people, specifically men? <laughs> <laughs> I would say measure how good you feel. Measure how, like, talking about how connected you feel is difficult because you can't quantify that. You can't see it. You, you know, it hasn't got a flavor or a color. What is that feeling of connection? So first of all, look at all the times where you felt disconnected. We can all remember a time where you felt hugely disconnected from other people, from nature, when you are buying shit you don't need disconnected from the the natural beauty that is around us when you're bored and you're sat around thinking life shit they're all moments of disconnection mm. so just when you feel the opposite of that you're you're getting the return and also i think it's we've got to stop looking at the return we've got to start looking at just being and it's not always about being the best the most successful having the most whatever it is quantifying anything and it being the most it's about being part of a, a huge network of people and animals. Please can we not forget the beautiful animals out there that we're just totally disregarding all day, every day, who have probably more of a right to be on this planet than we do. We are part of a huge mass of connectivity and we can feel the beauty of that. We can feel that energy pulsing through us whenever we choose to. We deny ourselves of it all day, every day. And we're about the singular, the insular. What can I get? What can I do for me? We, it's not global. You know, parts of the world, more so in the East, 
still have much more connection, obviously to nature, but mm. also to community, to each other, to not looking for a social pecking order, to be part of something. When you feel part of something, you feel alive. And it hasn't got to be like you being at a party with loads of people, but you feeling part of a movement, a collective in a non-exclusive way. It's not about then others being outside of that. Feeling part of something, just feeling your connection to nature. That is a beautiful starting point in any day to feel that connection. The rest is a bonus. If you can feel that, that is a lovely, lovely thing. It's not a return like, what can nature give me? What can other people give me? How can I feel part of this? rather than separate from it. Our separateness has caused us so much pain and we don't even see it. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. <laughs> 